Welcome to the Instinctive Influencers Podcast, a show where influence becomes one of your tools for success. Now, here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Ed Haley. Hi, I'm Brian. And I am Ed. And this is the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. So, you watch any good movies lately, Ed? Well, I wouldn't say all of them were good, but I did just take a lengthy play ri- uh, plane ride back to Charlotte and back to Germany, and I watched a couple movies on the plane. Uh, we're actually going, I don't know the name of the movie, but it's got uh, Rebel Wilson in it. came out this week. You know, Rebel Wilson is Fat Amy from, uh, from the Pitch Perfect series, and uh-huh. we're going to watch that tonight, I believe, me and my wife. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah, I just, you know, it's funny too because I just, uh, I just got done a lengthy plane ride myself, and sure enough, I watched a few things here and there, and um, one was that Mile Twenty Two with Mark Wahlberg. Uh, I love oh, Mark Wahlberg; yep. he does a I, phenomenal job. I saw that with my daughter uh, in Canada. We actually went and seen that, but um, you know, they did my, they did my girl Ronda Rousey dirty. She could have been in the movie a little more. Sorry, spoiler alert. She could have been in a movie a little more. Uh, she was a champion, and I will tell you that. I was definitely impressed <laughs> with her abilities. But, uh, yeah, just that. And then, you know, um, well, recently, I just, like, I don't watch a whole lot of movies all the time. Like, when I am when I have a lot of free time and I know I'm not going to be working on something, I'll watch something. And I just recently also watched um, Mad Max Fury Road. It's got Tom Hardy. I'm a big Tom Hardy fan, so... Yeah. Oh well, that's in, uh, if you remember. Yeah, I know who I know who he is. I'm a, I'm a yeah, fan. You know, if you remember him, he was in Warrior. That was really good. Uh, he was Bane. Bane and yep. Yeah, he was Bane, and series. I just watched him in Venom, which he does an excellent job as Venom. Really? Yes, he's very funny. He plays an excellent uh, dual personality character, but he adds some humor to it. I was impressed. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I definitely would love to see that particular movie. Um, I mean, I've always been a fan of uh, comic book movies no matter what. But, you know, Tom Hardy, I don't know. It's just something about him and his abilities. Uh, and, and like I said earlier, Mark Wahlberg, he's another one that I like. You know, he did Lone Survivor. And what a phenomenal one that was. He's done a lot. Shooter. is Shooter and Italian Job are probably two of my favorite movies that Mark Wahlberg's done. Absolutely, and then when he played yeah. that, when he played a rapper once as Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, that was great. Oh, that that's no, that movie. was that was his real life. That was <laughs> that wasn't a movie. That was his real. <laughs> All right, yeah. So, hey, today uh, we kind of compiled up a list, uh, and actually, this show today's episode is courtesy of Tammy Haley. She's the one who came up with the idea for this particular show. And we're like, you know what? Hey, let's do it. I mean, you know, we talked about books before and we've talked about people and movies are a big part of our life. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've watched a lot of movies in my 30 something years. You're I mean, you're what around you're pushing 50 now, aren't you? Or hey, 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 hey. I am closer to 50 than I am 30, but, uh, <laughs> you know, and then in, in the military, in the military, I, we watch a, a, a lot of movies when we're on deployments and stuff like that. Um, cause you're away from your family, just trying to kind of 
kill time, I guess. And uh, it's real funny. So, you know, they sell a lot of uh, bootleg DVDs in Iraq and Afghanistan. And so I bought this bootleg DVD and it was two movies, right? It was um, The Hot Chick and it was uh, Animal, both Rob Schneider movies, right? You got to stay with me. So I take it to an autograph signing with Rob Schneider in Iraq. <laughs> this really? bootleg DVD. Yeah, I took it to Rob Schneider and he was super cool. And he says, oh, this is so funny because these aren't even the same studios. One was like Disney and one was Sony. <laughs> but it was just funny. I take this bootleg DVD for Rob Schneider to sign. And all I had to do for him to sign it was he had a, like an American flag bandana and he was collecting soldier signatures. So I had to sign it for him, but uh, really funny about all the movies you watch when you're deployed and, and all the bootleg movies out there that are available. That's so awesome, man. That's, that's just crazy. Those two movies did not make, those two movies did not make my list. <laughs> they didn't make your list. And do you still, do you still have those movies? I actually do still have that DVD with his signature on it. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I that's I got rid of most of the bootleg movies years ago, but that I kept because he signed it. Just like I had this shirt that several sizes too small that John Cena signed in Iraq one time, and I've kept it just because John Cena signed. I don't hang it up or it's in a box somewhere, but yeah, once you once you finally settle down as a civilian, maybe you should kind of whip those out and put them on the Hall of Fame, you know. So. I, don't, I don't know. My wife is talking about living in a tiny house, and I don't know if we're going <laughs> to hang anything up in a tiny house. All right, so th that's insane because you don't even belong in a tiny house. <laughs> I keep telling her she should have married smaller. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's just – hey, so funny thing, you, you brought that up about uh, him doing the signatures, but do you know Gary Sinise was just at Fort Campbell? Uh, I have several friends still at Fort Campbell that posted pictures with him. Very uh, excellent guy as far as his um, his impact on our community. He's very involved and very interested in making things better for soldiers. So I have a lot of respect for him. I've never seen Forrest Gump, though. Isn't that the movie he's in? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I've never seen it. You have never seen it? No, the closest I've come to seeing Forrest Gump is hanging out with you. Oh, I see what you did there. I see what you did. That's okay. Well, that's funny, uh, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, so for those of you listening today, you know, you, we, we obviously started the show off a little chit chat about movies, but today's show, it's titled five uh, movies of influence and the five movies of influence is what we're going to present. We each have five, much like we do with a book show. And much like when we did with the, the five influencers we've had, we're going to kind of do the same thing. We're just going to bring them up and talk a little bit about them. Um, but before we actually get into our five, we both have some movies of honorable mention. Now, um, I know for instance, in my honorable mentions for, uh, is like the 1960s Batman with Adam West. I mean, that, to me, was like an iconic, <laughs> iconic uh, movie. I loved it. It was just, it had all the bad guys, and it was Adam West, too. You know, he's amazing as Batman. <laughs> um, another one I have is The Godfather. Um, I, I've i always felt like that's a great influential movie, but it just wasn't, um, and then people will be like, how's that? You know, it's just the movie itself. It's art, and art influences um, also got the office or not the office office space. If everybody remembers <laughs> that one, anybody I mean, see my stapler, <laughs> you know, I mean, you think about it, like just 
So when we think about influence and we think about organizations and just how organizations are developed and you think um, when he says, well, Bob, I've got five bosses or something like that. And you think, how often has that happened where people have like a hundred bosses or whatever? And it's just like, come on, you know, or um, the one guy, he's the he's he's like, well, I'm good with I connect the these people with these people. I'm I'm the I'm the middleman, you know, and. I'm good with people, and he just starts freaking out. It's I, just, I don't know. I just I found it comical, but at the same time, very real and live. And then then again, like you you just mentioned, have you seen my stapler? That's what I think <laughs> of when we get together about you, buddy. So oh, that's um, funny. <laughs> Smoking uh, a bandit. What a uh, good one. What I a mean, movie. Isn't it though? Yeah. Like I wanted a I wanted that car for years. I still want it. Uh, yeah, yeah, and they still make them. They just make them a little different, but they do make, uh, they do still make the Trans Am. Well, they did. Um, they did. So they did a special because obviously Bert, you know, not too long ago, yeah. just passed away. Um, but they did a special edition where they took, they basically took the Camaros this company did, and they chopped them up to make them basically uh, Firebirds. And it's you know it's pretty uh, pretty amazing. Um, Star Wars Episode Five. What do you think about that one, buddy? Hold on. Yes. Okay. I'll 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 give you. First of all, we don't have to put episodes because there's only really three. So well, that's what I'm saying though. I'm gonna go on my soapbox. There's only four. three episodes. Period. So we don't have to episode number. But the Empire Strikes Back. The Empire Strikes Back. That was a good movie. There's a lot of lessons in there. There's some leadership lessons. There's some just in general life lessons that you can learn from you know a lot of the teaching about the force and i mean come on like as a kid that's one of your first uh for me that was one of my first visions of good versus evil and that sometimes evil might win but then good's gonna come back you know so and that particular movie right there is a good example of what happens when okay well sometimes the darkness wins you know the dark side wins and then they end up losing anyway but that's because they can't build an effective space station (laughs) <laughs> yeah and and you know the what i like about that movie is how it ended you know it ended it wasn't a happy ending on that one and you knew you knew something you know obviously i was born after all that stuff but no and i didn't see it until many years later um yeah just you know because i'm so young uh but <laughs> um <laughs> no but i mean just the way it ended you know you think to yourself wow, man, like they really went through some stuff. And, and then they, you know, obviously they were just basically kind of having to, having to do like a retreat because it was, you know, everything kind of escalated for them at the yeah. end. But um, Fight Club, man, what do you think about Fight Club? Uh, that is a good movie. Ed, Nor- Ed Norton, he does an excellent job in Fight Club, but we don't, we don't talk about Fight Club. Oh, that's right. Yeah, first rule of Fight Club. Don't talk about it. So I guess we'll stop talking about it. I don't want anybody to find um, Another one I got in here on here. Um, it's actually a holiday movie. It's White Christmas. That's a big, that's a big influential movie to me. Um, and one last one before we, uh, you you start giving your your uh, is Schindler's List. Schindler's List to me is it's moving. I'm I'm. I'm not a fan because it's it sounds horrible when you say, "Oh, I'm a fan of the Holocaust." I'm not a fan of the Holocaust, but I'm a fan of the recognition of the Holocaust, you know. And so people don't forget it, and they know what it was and what it was about and all that. Um, but 
I just I really enjoy Schindler's List as one of those movies that's kind of it frames it a little bit different that there was some good from all that evil um but I, I loved it uh other than that man do you got some honorable mentions you want to bring up um I do now Schindler's List my wife has actually been talking about watching it again because you know his um you can go see his workshop uh Schindler's workshop is still intact and it's one of the tours I mean obviously I'm in Germany so there's several holocaust related uh tours you can do and she's talking about watching that and then going and and visiting his workshop actually i am going uh here shortly to uh the location where Anne frank is actually uh buried as well i'm gonna get a chance to go to her uh to visit her her graveside make sure you do a youtube live or or not youtube a facebook live or something let us all see goodness i will have to i may have to do that um so you you brought up some great uh, honorable mentions i'm going off the rails i'm going way off the rails all right uh so i'm gonna start really easy national lampoon's christmas vacation and you know this is big to me because it's one of my favorite christmas movies uh prior to buddy the elf being you know coming out but every thanksgiving when my siblings and i get together they know they're watching this movie now I don't think any of us have watched it all the way through in years because we're usually asleep, <laughs> but this is a good movie. And it's really just a dad. It's a dad who just wants great things for his family. It's all it is. And, you know, it's about the common man being kept down and not getting his, you know, what he thinks he deserves, but it's so funny. And that sledding scene, that's the first time I can ever remember seeing a Walmart sign is in the sled scene <laughs> When he goes flying down the hill uh, and he ends up at the Walmart, but excellent movie. Um, That's yeah, good pick. New Jack City. I'm, I told you I'm going off the rails. New Jack City's with hey. Wesley Snipes because one of my favorites, one of my favorites. But you know, this is something that can you can look at. They're all right. Yes, what they're doing is wrong. What they're doing is illegal. Not not taking that away. We know that, but there's some leadership lessons you can see in there. Now, I'm not telling you to stab anybody in the hand because they upset you, but it's the idea you could translate it. So we you and I read a lot of books and we read a lot of books about leadership and we read a lot of books about the military, but you can still take that military, you can take that fight, that battle, and you can find some leadership lessons. Same thing with New Jack City. It's there. The way the organization was run, the tightness of the ship, like there's a lot of stuff in there that you could pull out. Um, I, I've probably seen that movie 25 times because there used to be a 99-cent movie theater in my neighborhood, and we used to go see it. Uh, let's see. What's another one? Lone Survivor. All right. Lone Survivor is a, a really good movie, and – what it did for me is it turned me on to the podcast Team Never Quit, which is Marcus Luttrell. And the stories that you hear on that podcast are amazing. So the influence that Lone Survivor had on me is it made me curious about Marcus Luttrell. It made me read the book about Lone Survivor. Um, I've heard the interview with Mark Wahlberg talking with Marcus Luttrell and how close they are after the, the film. But that, sh- that that got me into a podcast that is probably one of my – well, it's probably number two behind my man Jocko right now for me to listen to. Um, Yeah, I lo- I'll tell you, with Lone Survivor, I, I to be honest, I'd never watched it until recent. I just – I could never sit down and watch it for some reason. It was – it just 
really bothered me. Yeah, it's it it's a it's a tough story. And so I tell you something interesting. So the group that comes in to save Marcus Luttrell, the seal that sh- the seal that shoots uh, Bin Laden is in that group. Oh yeah. He also was on the team that goes in uh, to rescue the the uh, boat captain from the Somali pirates. Really? He's part of that team too. Yeah. So he was part of all three of those missions. Uh, Ryan O'Neill, I believe is his name. Yep. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, I, I didn't know that until very recent when actually when Marcus was interviewing him about his new book, that's when I learned that information. Wow. Uh, so I, I told you earlier I was going to do one, but it's a little too far off the rails. Maybe now nah, whatever. So, I used to love Silence of the Lamb. I loved that movie. Um, and what it did for me, young, because I saw it in the theater, not like you probably years later on television because you were too young to watch it in the theater. Um, <laughs> but what it did is it, it gave me an interest in true crime. And for years, I mean, I could not consume enough true crime books. Um, you know, I've read the Ted Bundy book. I've read Helter Skelter. I've read about uh, there was a lady in San Francisco that was killing people and burying them in the yard. John Wayne Gacy. And my interest was sparked with uh, Silence of the Lamb. And initially, way back in the 90s, I started taking a college uh, course in uh, criminal justice in hopes of getting a criminal justice degree. But I was young and I, I wasn't ready for college yet. So I took a class and then that was the end of my college career back then. Um, but it all came from Silence of the Lambs. Wow. And then uh, my last one, my last one is, well, so there's two Disney movies. There's Pirates of the Caribbean and Hercules, but I really want to focus more on Hercules. So to me, Hercules, the, the, the message in Hercules, you know, that this guy who appear apparently is some kind of a normal guy you know i mean the song is even called zero to hero i believe or something like that but you know i i enjoyed the story how they told it of hercules i thought it was really adapted well for a for you for a younger audience and i just made my wife watch this like probably a year or so ago because she had never seen the animated hercules movie so i had to make her see it um yeah no i liked it i've always liked greek mythology too and i thought disney did a really good job with it and then the pirates just made me go to Disney World. I had never been. I watched that movie and I was like, I have got to get involved in this. And it made me have a better appreciation for Johnny Depp. <laughs> yeah. Well, so those will be my uh those will be my honorable mentions, my friends. And also 1960s era Batman, by the way. Hey. The Bat Shark repellent is probably one of the funniest things ever. Like at that moment as kids, we should have been like, oh, this is not even close to real. <laughs> the Bat Shark repellent and that fake uh uh not bat sh- um that fake shark on his leg. <laughs> I might watch that movie today. I have it on DVD. I might watch that today. Oh yeah, hey, that's well, you also have um don't you have like the whole series um also like on DVD? I have it on Blu-ray, my friend. Don't oh. you downgrade me. <laughs> oh, my bad, my bad, yeah. Well, And here's what's funny about it is I actually keep that Blu-ray set on the shelf with all my uh, military history books. That's the only Blu-ray that, that makes the cut. I have to have it close by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You I, never know when you need a laugh. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I've always been, I mean, Adam West, Batman, was a massive influence to me, so it's just – 
whether it be the series or the movie, doesn't matter. I'm 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 a fan for life because I got to meet him uh, twice when I was young and then when I got older. But um, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna get into this five our five influential movies. I'm gonna I've kind of put mine in order, so I'm gonna start at like what I would consider the bottom of the list of this order and work my way up. I will tell everyone now. Rocky is not one of the movies in this because that is my all-time favorite movie. Period. Nothing's better than Rocky. That like so, and we've already talked. I already talked about how he was an influence before, so I didn't want to like do you know repeat that. So I purposely left that out of this. But Rocky is my all-time number one. All right. Um, but I'm gonna get into. F- Five and, and we're each gonna we're gonna take turns back and forth. Did you have anything like that you wanted to do? But or d- are you including your all time favorite? Oh no, my all time favorite movie is is in there, and we have one movie that would have made my list, but I only pulled it off my list because you told me it was on yours, and I'll bring it up when we get to it. Okay, okay, good. Yeah. Um. Well, and that's we we both yeah we both know that that's an amazing movie, and it's kind of like. We kind of both have like a a man crush on a certain person in it, so the re- the real ver- version. Uh, I know you have a man crush, but um, I, so all right. So I'm gonna start it off. Then I'm just gonna jump right into it. Number five, me, Back to the Future. I am Whoa. a huge. I love nice. Back to the Future. It's been um, it's an influence to me because it's like it's. When you go through the entire series, oh, listen, Patton's barking. <laughs> um, but when you go through the whole series and the way it all ends, it's magical to me. But that very first one is what kicks it off with, and it makes you think beyond who you are and what you are. Because, you know, it's just the idea of time travel, man. I mean, it's it's phenomenal. And who knows you know maybe one day it's it's figured out some quantum physics theorist or whatever they do you know they figure out how to do it. but <laughs> it was just the idea behind it and the fact that he went back in time and he did things and fixed things that was like my all-time um one of my favorite movies as a younger kid because that did come out um in the 80s but it's just amazing amazing movie so um and if those of you if you have not seen a Back to the Futures movie. Most people that have listened to, that listen to this podcast must have seen it before. But if you're somebody who's never watched it, you need to go ahead and watch it, and then watch all three shows. Um, but but that's my number five. I didn't have a lot to talk about. I I just had to talk about you know like how it influenced me was how I started looking at there's reality. You know this is reality, and then we can go beyond that if we push ourselves far enough. Type of attitude. That's and that's what I love about it. So, no, that's excellent. That's excellent. Um, the one thing I was just sitting here and thinking as you were talking about, remember the hoverboards? Yep, episode two. And and Back to the Future, right? Yep, that was yeah. the second. So one. you remember the hoverboard? And everybody, when I was younger, everybody's like, "Man, that would be so cool!" And I mean, we're pretty much there already, aren't we? Like now we're there. <laughs> so you're seeing that stuff. I mean, it's really weird. Actually, the guy I work with, he dressed as Marty McFly for Halloween this year. Really? And and what makes it funny is he's like 30. Like, I'm like, do you even know who that guy is? Have you ever like really? 
it was just weird. Like he ordered the the outfit, the hat, like everything, the Nikes. Yeah. He had the whole shebang and bang to look like Marty McFly. Well, and you know, and the funny thing is, man, you know, some of that eighties stuff is making a it's making a comeback. It really is, you know. And it, everything from shoes to movies, just to the the whole, you know, I t- I t- I've talked about the Pat Flynn show, um, and Pat Flynn's uh, Smart Passive Income podcast. He's a big Back to the Future guy, and he actually, if you ever watch any of his YouTube um, shows, he normally sometimes he'll have like he has he has one of those hoverboards, and it's hanging up behind him, so it's pretty cool. But I don't know, I'm like I said, I'm an eighty nostalgia type of guy though, so. I am, but I wish they'd stop making. So I refuse to watch a remade movie from that time. Like I haven't seen Red Dawn when they, and I'm a big Chris Hemsworth fan. I'm not watching Red Dawn. Uh, some of those other movies, Blade Runner, I'm, uh, to- even Total Recall. I'm not watching the remakes. I'm just not. I, I mean, yeah, well, you could remake them, but that's craziness to me. So. Well, you think about Blade Runner though. Bla- so Blade Runner isn't a remake. It's actually a sequel. Oh, is it? Okay, because I yes, just thought it was yes. a remake because, you know, that tends to be what Hollywood's been doing lately. So I was like, I'm not watching, just not watching remakes. Um, and Chris Hemsworth, it's funny because right now Chris Hemsworth is rumored to be in negotiations to do a new biopic movie. <laughs> and he On Netflix. It, you saw it already? I did, and I was so excited. I wanted to send, I wanted to screenshot and send <laughs> it to you. Yeah, he is, uh, he looks like he's going to be playing the immortal Hulk Hogan. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yep. and I'm a big fan of Chris Hemsworth. I, I think he's excellent. I, I love him as Thor, man. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, he's so funny so, as Thor, though. You know. Yeah. No. I, that's the thing. Like, I hated the Thor comic books, so he kind of he kind of pulls me in. So it's good. All right, you ready for number five? Yeah. Throw right. it on me. So I, I I went in order to reverse order. So number five for me is the five heartbeats. The so five the, heartbeats. The five heartbeats. If you have not seen the five heartbeats, it's an amazing, amazing film. Um, uh, I've seen again ninety nine cent theater in my neighborhood. We saw it several times, and and I have a uh, actually a kind of a funny memory from it. So it's my birthday. I'm thirteen, right? My folks say, "What do you want to go do?" I said, "I want to go to the movies." The five heartbeats is playing. I had already seen it, like sneaking in. Uh, and my parents go and the language and stuff at that point, they were kind of like, uh, they were, you could just tell they were very uncomfortable being in there with their 13 year old son. And meanwhile, I've seen this movie probably by that at that point, a half a dozen times already. <laughs> um, what? I love movies with, uh, music to it. You know, I like, um, I, like that Bohemian Rhapsody movie. Amazing. I love that movie. And the I five- haven't seen it yet. It is really good. So I like movies with that kind of a uh, of a story. The Five Heartbeats. It's I feel like it was loosely a Temptations kind of thing, but the story is really good. The music is amazing. I think there's some Babyface, After Seven, some of those other uh, really hot R and B type acts at that point. And you know. Music always to me has a big influence and I can remember wearing out my five heartbeat soundtrack tape uh, until the tape was stretched out. You know, anybody who used to use cassette tapes, remember if you played it so much, it would actually wear out. And, um, and, and my dad exposed me to a lot of Motown music and that's all this was. It was a really good movie. Excellent story. Kind of like, you know, 
there's this group of kids and they start performing and you can see them start moving up and then they get the big head and then they have the one guy with the drug problems and uh, Eddie Kane is, is, is the character's name. And then the actors in it, you know, the um, so Eddie Kane is played by the guy. Uh, he goes by just Leon, his single name, but. Um, is it Eddie Kane? Ed Kane. Ed, is it I'm pretty sure it's Eddie Kane. Kane? Yeah, like Kane, like Kane and Abel. Um, oh. But he is uh, played by Leon, and then Robert Townsend's in it, who also was you know part of the team that put it all together. Excellent movie. Um, huh. Yeah, it only says, oh, it's yeah, it only says Eddie. Anyway, Eddie. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, no, excellent, excellent film. Um, yeah, I remember. <laughs> That 99 cent theater got me in a lot of trouble. I seen a lot of things I probably shouldn't have seen, like Boys in the Hood, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Colors. That, you know, and funny. yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, um, a lot of movies. Yeah, yeah. but the Five Heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. You guys had, you guys had a 99 cent theater also. Yeah, and it was all like you know they were pretty much out of the regular theater at that point, and they played. There. I actually saw The Great Outdoors. I don't know if you ever saw that with John Candy, and. uh Oh, and yeah, Dan Aykroyd, man. excellent movie. I saw that there several times for ninety nine cent. Yeah, yeah. We so we had one like that up in Maine. Also, when I was in high school, we had a ninety nine cent. It used to be, um, there used to be an Ames. Ames was like a uh, like a Kmart yep. or whatever, and uh, and then there was a movie theater near there. It was it was a ninety nine cent deal, but you go up there and it was it was always movies that just left the theater but weren't quite on VHS yet. And I said VHS. That's right because there was no DVD back then. So, but yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So I was wrong. Uh, Leon actually plays JT. Michael, a guy named Michael Wright, plays Eddie or Eddie Kane, and, and just a good job. And then you know Robert Townsend, especially in the eighties, Robert Townsend was always uh, hilarious. So yeah, and then the story of my parents just made it that much better of a movie. But yeah, that was, I would put that up there. That's up there. Wow, I, I'm gonna have to. You know what? Yeah. And I've I, maybe I've seen this. I don't know. Um, looking at the actors, I'm like, well, it looks familiar. I just don't remember. Um, you know, uh, seeing it. So now, now I have to watch this, man. Thanks for the recommendation. I'm gonna add yeah. that to my <laughs> add that to my list of things that I need to watch. Um, <laughs> By the way, um, yeah. if you didn't know, um, now we have um, we've moved. We have studios in both Germany and South Korea. Um, so if if anybody didn't know that yet, um, I like to call this the studios south of the border. <laughs> south, 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 south of the border. Yeah, and, south of the border, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. way east, um, <laughs> the far east, but south of the border. Studios. Um, so my very next one, number four, this is the one where we both have in common and we both really love. Um, and I put it at number four just for certain reasons because the other three above that all have like significant moments of life that changed me type thing. But this number four, we were soldiers all day long, every day. That's one of my top movies. I can watch that. And it just gets me in the mind frame of what a leader should do and act like, you know, type of thing, you know, because we, you know, I mentioned earlier, you have a man crush and I do too on Hal Moore, uh, <laughs> the great Hal Moore, who was an amazing leader and who's provided us with so much content and so much information. Um, we were soldiers just, 
you know, it was funny. I was coming back from the gym this morning and uh, I was actually running through my head of my my f- top five again in my head. And I was thinking about like what I want to talk about with it. And so some of the language I can't really use um, <laughs> because it's in the movie. But Sergeant Major Plumley, Yes. Is <laughs> he is just uh, you can't be like that nowadays with people. Um, because it was a different era, different generation, just different mindset, and they in in it was accepted as being okay. But Sergeant Major Plumley, to the fact that he, you know, um, and I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head right now, but he's he walks by him and he says, "Good morning, <laughs> or, good morning, Sergeant nice Major." Day. Sergeant Major. Nice day, sir. Yeah, nice day. And he's like, "What are you a weatherman? <laughs> a blank weatherman?" Uh, uh, yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. Now, have you ever, let me ask you this. Have you ever seen the deleted scene about Sergeant Major Plumley? I have not watched the deleted scene, but I'm going to tell you that that account of Sergeant Major Plumley is in the book, too. It's it's in the actual book. That's not just oh, yeah. something they added because Sam Elliott is a rugged, rugged man, and he was just perfect to deliver that line. But, yeah, it's in the book, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and so... If you've never seen the deleted scene, you have to see what they tried. What they tried to do is they tried to frame th- how feared he was. Yeah, how feared Sergeant Major Plumney was. So in the deleted scene, um, they're they're basically talking about Sergeant Major Plumley, but they're, what they're doing is they're using another person in the same manner. And it, it was a fictional. It's a fictional um, scene, so they actually removed it because they wanted to stay as true to the story as possible. But the whole point of the fictional was to really put fear of who Sergeant Major Plumley was. So what happened is, is these two guys are talking and like, listen, I've met people in my time that um, I'm completely scared of. In one of the most, one of the uh, people I fear the most is actually scared of Sergeant Major Plumney. And they go through this story about how this one guy who supposedly won two Medal of Honors, which if you if you know your history on Medal of Honors, there's really no two Medal of Honor winners, like technically. Um and especially for World War Two. No, yeah, World War Two. And cause this so they're saying like this one guy who won two Medal of Honors, you know, and one time he was told by some a captain or LT that you'll come downstairs with nothing but your medals and all this. So he literally came downstairs. He wasn't scared of anything. He came downstairs butt naked with two Medal of Honors around his neck and and that you know, like the guy wasn't scared of anything, but the one thing he was scared of was Sergeant Major Plumley. And it it framed it, but I like I kept thinking about that today. It's like, you know, like how more is an incredible, incredible leader who's who not only could he frame what a leader was by doing it, but he could also frame it by verbal. You know, he could tell you, he could write about it. So when you have those talents and you're able to actually describe it in a manner to where, you know, because there are people that think in pictures, there are people that think in words. If you can just, if you can teach people in either manner, you are, you know, you're definitely cream of the crop type. And it's what he was. Um, but on the flip side, I not only saw that as a, a movie about him, but also I saw kind of a movie about, well, I saw it about the whole unit, actually. But then then you get to know, because before that movie, I didn't know who Sergeant Major Plumley was. Really? I really didn't. Um, and, yeah, I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't aware of, you know, who he was. And, I, you know, 
And then later on, you know, you and I working at the academy when we did, you know, we'd have kids, they would do their, uh, their oral history brief and basically brief about who he was. And, you know, you, you learn a lot more and you try to research more, but I would definitely say that we were soldiers and just everything about that movie as, and I'm speaking from the standpoint of a soldier, but also as a person who wants to be a future leader in organizations as a civilian. But from a soldier's point of view, you can take so much from what was taught throughout the pieces of that movie and utilize it in your own leadership style that it's just, um, I found it not only to be entertaining, but also a resource to look back upon, you know? So what do you got about We Were Soldiers, brother? Oh, so I found something out this week very interesting. So I, I worked with this guy, this captain, and he went to school with the guy who wrote um, leadership lessons of Hal Moore. No. So that book was this guy's thesis, uh, thesis for school. Really? And he actually goes around and he interviews people who knew Hal Moore. He talks to the family. He gets pictures from the friends in the family. Yes. I, his name's uh, Huerta and he was an officer in the, uh, in the army, but the guy that I worked with used to, he went to school with him. He doesn't, he knows him, but he doesn't know him, know him. Because if I if he knew him, knew him, I'd be trying to get an interview. <laughs> oh, absolutely, that's amazing, dude. Yeah, I just found that out this week. I was, I thought that was fascinating. Yeah, wow, that's awesome. So what? Well, you know, I'm a, What else do you have about we were he, soldiers? Because I know well, that you're. Well, you know, I'm a first cav guy. First of all, so I'm I'm a first cav. I did uh, almost eight years in the first cavalry division, which is where Hal Moore, you know, kind of cut his teeth as a as a lieutenant general down there, or. Uh, as a lieutenant colonel, when he does the, you know, when they, they fight, uh, in Vietnam. So in, in the development of air mobility and all these other things, cause how more was a big factor in the development of air mobility. And, you know, um, so as a first cab guy, I watched, we were soldiers early and that's why I knew who Plumlee was because I mean, when you get down there, you know, any unit you go to, they want you to learn their history. So, you know, you go to, and again, I haven't been fortunate enough to go to a lot of duty stations, but you know, you go to Fort Campbell, they want you to watch Band of Brothers or read Band of Brothers. Uh, I would read it first if I were you. It's much better to read it first. And then first Cav, it was, you know, we were soldiers once. And I've always had a connection because of that. So I think that's why I really love the book and I love the movie. And then any movie, when they have a lot of... Um, when the military has a lot of input, so we were soldiers. Uh, Lone Survivor Special Operations actually was on the set the entire time from the Naval Special Operations Group to make sure it was done right. So those movies, to me, have they have a lot more power because you know they're not just being dramatized to be dramatized. Right. And that's another great thing about We Were Soldiers. Um, and I actually... Wasn't Hal Moore there? Yep. Yeah, because he just passed not too long ago, like 2014, 13, I think. Because um, I saw an announcement. I'm going to look it up while you're talking. Well, they made an announcement in the Vietnam magazine that I, I read. Uh, I want to say it was like 13 when when Hal Moore uh, passed away. But So he he's, you know, he's been around a while. But his leadership lessons, and I like the way that book pulls some of those out. So it makes it easier for you. But I would recommend reading the book. The book is much more uh, 
uh, powerful. I actually have the movie also saved on my Netflix on my Surface. So when I go to the gym, uh, I think, or when I went to the gym, I think it was two weeks ago, I watched it over two days of uh, doing cardio. I watched We Were Soldiers. Now, um, so February 10th, 2017. Was it that recent? See, I thought it was a little bit further back. Yeah. Yep. I knew it wasn't long. Auburn, Alabama. His now his wife passed away in two thousand four. Uh, well, and then so his wife had a big influence. Like they don't dramatize that in the movie either. You know, remember not as much. Yeah, you remember in the movie they had they were delivering these death notices by cab. You know, remember that? And she mm-hmm. was the one that yep. kind of got that started. That, yeah, this isn't right. And now we have casualty assistance officers and casualty notification officers, and and a lot of that that seed came from Mrs. Moore. Uh, back then, because uh, during the Iron Drain, because you know that was wrong. Like, who wants to find out your loved one passed away and then get it from a cab driver? Absolutely. I mean, and I, I, you know, and who wants to be that cab driver? No, no, that cab driver. I feel I felt for him every time because you know, you know, he didn't want to do that. But you know, something else that um, she doesn't really get a lot of credit for and wasn't big until later years was FRG, the Family and Readiness Group, because. Yep. Yeah, her sticking together and they got together and they were their own support group. And for those of you listening, if you don't really understand much about that's that's, you know, when when soldiers go away, whether male or female, doesn't matter. um, The loved ones are left home and they need support because sometimes they don't always go back home to where they came from and get that support. Sometimes, you know, they have to they've got to pull together in the family readiness group. That's kind of what it does. Um, You know, and some people. They they didn't like it for years, or they didn't want to get part, you know, become part of the uh, activities they have. But really, to tell you the truth, there's more beneficial to me when I look at it than there is um, negativity, if that makes sense. Um, I just, but once again, I don't want to take away. But Julia Moore, she was a big part of starting things like that. Now I don't know. I'd have to get into the details of things and find out, okay, when was the first FRG started all this stuff? Um, But the fact that she did that with those ladies at the time, that was, that was like the, that was completely new. That wasn't something, you know, that was never thought of or done before. So, um, but got anything else about it, brother? No, no, I think that that's, uh, that's it, but that's not the one I was actually, so that's one, but there's another one on your list that I'm pretty fond of too. And it's a huge really? leadership thing too. Yep. Oh, yep. I I think it's probably my number one. Yep. We'll see. Uh, are I you ready? We'll... Ready for number four? Yeah. Give me your number four. All right. So number four, I'm not, I mean, it, hey, Harrison Ford was a great, great, uh, or is a great actor. But Raiders of the Lost Ark, <laughs> I remember as a kid running around the woods for hours looking for stuff. Cause I wanted to be like Harrison Ford and you know, you may find like a stone stone cropping or something. It's just rocks. And you're like, oh, I bet you that used to be something. And uh, so Harrison Ford is very interesting. And um, one of the things that I, I actually enjoyed and I haven't tried to do it here is my brother turned me on my brother, Tony at one point turned me on to it's called geocaching. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's very similar oh, yeah. to, uh, yeah, it's very similar to kind of like Indiana Jones, but not really. I mean, you're not looking for these golden treasures, but you are trying to find something that somebody has hidden and then you like initial and all this stuff. So my brother and my sister-in-law, Tina, 
they turned me on to that and we did it at Fort Campbell. And there are several geocaches in Fort Campbell. And I actually found one in Bagram Air Base as well. Um, now, there are some that were off post. And I was like, I don't know about going off base in Afghanistan. And I haven't looked into it here in Germany. But yeah, that whole adventure of Harrison Ford, like, you know, um, I thought I always thought it was kind of cool. And then growing up the way I did kind of in a in a lower middle class community anything that helps your imagination and helps get you away from that environment sometimes it is really good like we still lived in uh when that came out i still lived in an apartment and you know it's like five people in a two-bedroom apartment kind of deal or whatever and you know it was just a raise the lost art was just a way to take yourself away but you also can learn determination. You can learn drive. You know, you can learn that that uh, can-do attitude from that film. So there's also some great leadership stuff in it as well. So Raiders of the Lost Ark is uh, my number four. Have you ever heard of the movie? Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I'm when we get, when we comes down to it, all the Indiana Jones except for that last one, a little weird to me. Um, I, I love Crystal it. Skull. Yeah. You know, the funny thing is, as you say that, um, the the second one, which was the Temple of Doom, I want to say. Something. Doom. Yes. Yes. So that one. Yes, was that's the, the one with the kid. He was annoying. Yes. That was the first one I ever watched. So. Oh, and, okay. And then, I, and then I watched the first one and then I went and, and then later on watched the third one, you know. So, but uh, yeah, Indiana Jones, I mean, just. It's the thought behind him, you know, you know, being adventurous and going out and looking for things. I mean, he could have he could have settled for just being a professor, you know, a scholar. Yeah, you know, yeah. But but he didn't. He was like, no, and he searched for you know stuff. I mean, that was it's pretty amazing about him, you know. Yeah, no, it's cool. And then so the apartments that we lived in, it had a, it was like. Uh, it was kind of like a U shape. So you went down one side of those apartments, it got to the end and then it U'd back. But around the U, there was a lot of woods. And I used to spend a lot, like I said, a lot of time in the woods. And there was a terrace off of the very back of the U. It just wasn't used. And, you know, now I know what it was. It was a terrace. But back then you're like, because it was dirty and, you know, it's full of leaves. And you're like, wow, that thing looks like it could have been something cool. I mean, it was just a terrace. But in our mind, it was something cool. Like uh, we had an area called the pits that was just like dirt, like a hill of dirt with little pits in it. And you would run around there. We'd play tag in it, but you would go back there and you're like, I used to sift dirt and stuff sometimes just to maybe I'll find something and get rich or something. So that was, <laughs> yeah, Indiana Jones, man. But geocaching, I'm telling you, if you haven't tried it, it's something kind of cool and it's interesting. It does take some time, but it does get you out and get you active um, and get you walking around. So and you, it's and interesting. you do need a GPS for it, too. Well, you, you no, you get the app and the app has it built in. Oh, you use you use the app then. Yeah, you can use the app and it's built in. And, and um, there was a bunch of stuff like on Purple Heart Highway at the Greenway. There was a bunch. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, see, I knew. Oh, so I know geocaching. Um, when you would go to a website and you would download coordinates, but it was a certain. You know, it was it wasn't military coordinates like normal. It was the normal longitude, latitude, no coordinates. Yeah. But it would get you within 
an area and then you'd have to kind of figure out where it was within that area. So um, I'm guessing what I'm guessing is, is basically you're just, you're just kind of like the app probably is removing that whole, you got to go to a website and find this. So it's still, and then go out. Yeah, no. And it gives you, but it gets you still gets you kind of into a small area, but you know, people put stuff in like Tupperware containers or something and they hide it in a rock formation. You still got to search. And then, you know, and then there's rules and they got all kinds of dirty terms for each other. If you, if you move stuff and you're supposed to maintain it and all this other stuff. And my brothers told me stories about ones being like anchored into water. Like they'll tie it off to a pier, put a weight on it and drop it down alongside the pier. So you got to get creative and looking. Oh, that's kind of, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It'd be a good activity when you get back to the, uh, to home, it'd be probably a good activity for you and the kids. They'd probably enjoy it. Yeah. I'll have to check that out, man. Thanks for the info. Yeah. I definitely would love to. Um, so that's number four. All right. So then I'm going to jump right into number three. Um, I guess I'm going to Al Bundy this high school football. Uh, No. <laughs> so high in high school football was a big thing t- to me. Um a lot of the guys that um I still friends of Facebook on, you know, I see them, they put comments and stuff and we were just all kind of we all I mean that was like life seemed to revolve around f- high school football at the time for us and there was a movie, a key movie that came out um during that time frame that just it's always stood out to me and it was, you know, I guess you could say it was just one of those things that kind of made me want to keep doing the football thing, which made me want to keep being a leader and then so on and so forth. And then, you know, it just escalated and grew. But um, the movie I'm speaking of is called The Program. And this particular movie. Program. Program. Uh, yeah. Oh, I do. Know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So to give you a little background <clears throat> on the program, there's actually scenes that were taken out of the movie while the movie was still in theater. They removed these scenes that were in this movie because some kids had actually attempted to do the same stunt as the the movie, the actors in the movie. And what it was was um in the movie and people if if you if you knew about it, like you had to catch the movie within the first week it came out to have seen this actual scene. If you did not catch it in that first week, you would never have seen the scene because it's been deleted and I've never seen it anywhere else ever again. Um, but what happened was the football team decides to go. Um, you know, the the quarterback was kind of crazy. He acted real crazy, and it's because he always wanted to keep his edge type attitude. Uh, but they go and lay in the middle of the road on the double lines and cars would like drive really fast past them and they just lay there. Well, some kids, and I don't remember where it was at, they did the same thing. And sad to say, uh, one of the, one of the kids had actually gotten killed and hit, struck by a car. Um, so they removed that from the movie, but where I'm getting at with the whole, the program was, is it was a movie about football, but it was, it was more than that because you you actually it made you feel like you saw another you know some people's lives and how they interacted and how things happened you know like the running back in it and how he was just looked at as just a a, a fast kid from the the projects and he was actually pretty smart and he was looked down upon and um, then there was the guy that was taking steroids, uh, Lattimore. He was a defensive guy, and he was taking steroids. And, you know, he went through this whole 
thing. And, you know, and then you had the quarterback. He was dealing with things and, you know, his whole mental, you know, image and or just his, his physical image and his mental cap- capabilities. And then, and then there was the coach who was dealing with all these things with his program and how he was shuffling. And, you know, it makes me think about like a leader, you know, especially, you know, it, people, people in their lives can tend to get in the way of their work sometimes. And it's not, I'm not saying that's a, you know, it's a horrible thing, but sometimes, you know, it's like you as a leader or you as an influencer, you have to learn how to, you know, juggle all this stuff and still produce because that's the whole point of the job is to produce. And you're trying to help these people juggle their lives. And that, and I think about that coach and that's, I thought about is like, you know, he was basically juggling all these little instances and trying to keep it together, putting out fires and all that. And it's just, I guess, you know, that to me, that was a massive influence on how I've learned to kind of deal with things a little bit, not completely, but just a little bit. But the program was a big time influence to me. Um, I just, and I love defense. I'm a, (laughs) I loved, I love football. I love football defense. And And yet you're a Patriots fan. I loved. It's weird. Watch your mouth. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I loved like Latimer. I loved his just, he would like smash people, you know, and, and, and that's what the way I, I kind of took that mentality at the same time. But yeah, the, the program was a big time influence to me and I loved it. So, um, you got anything about it? Do you remember? Well, it's interesting. I do remember it. Um, it's interesting though, because there's so many great, uh, sports movies, you know, that could have an impact football alone. I mean, it's immediately come to mind any given Sunday, uh, remember the Titans. Yeah, I love uh, hey. the longest yard, both the original and the the Sandler one. Um, but I have one that kind of so I I loved basketball growing up, you know, much like you're talking about football. And um, when I first came in the military, the first time above the rim was like that was my movie. I loved above the rim, um, and sometimes I would just fast forward to the basketball stuff. But I used to work out just like he did. Um, Oh, what's his name? Dwayne Martin and above the rim, because even though I was in the military, you know, and I was older, I still wanted to be better at basketball. And when I moved to Canada, I used to play uh, in a men's league and same thing. I used to work out and I used to spend hours and hours in the gym practicing, listening to the above the rim soundtrack. And there was another one that's a little less known. It's called Sunset Park. And it's another basketball uh, movie. But, yeah, no, sports movies in general, they always give you such good leadership stuff. Remember the Titans, we use it teaching the instructor course when I was working at the uh, academy. Uh, We use pieces of that. So, I mean, yeah, Yeah. no, that's excellent. Uh, The program, I think it was Omar Epps, right? Omar Epps, absolutely. Yeah, I've always been a fan of him. I liked him. And it's funny, you said above the rim. That, That was 1994, brother. So yeah, no, I was in the military. (laughs) Yeah. 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 No, 94. Uh, Tupac Shakur was in it. Yep. Bernie Mac, uh, Leon, Leon uh, Marlin. So the guy was talking about from the five heartbeats, Leon plays Tupac's brother. Yeah. 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 Uh, do Dwayne, you said Dwayne Martin, Marlon Wayans was in it too. Yep. He was, uh, Dwayne Martin's, uh, he was his little buddy. You know, wanted to take his shirt off and flex, and yeah, 
<laughs> he was very much yeah. just Marlon Wayans playing Marlon Wayans at that point. But yeah, no, that's a good one, uh, Brian. Uh, the program, excellent. Yeah. I still can't give us your I still can't get over you like defense and football, but you're a Patriots fan and they've never had a really good defense. Like see. See, Oh, you mean trial defense. um, Got it. I got it now. (laughs) Too soon? Yeah. No, well it's not too soon. I was just I was I was sitting here as you were saying, I was trying to count how many Super Bowls the Washington Redskins have, but I, I just couldn't because I, I oh, don't know. That's crazy because I was also thinking oh, yeah. how many the Patriots have that aren't <laughs> aren't followed by some kind of investigation. So, <laughs> oh, you, uh, hey, so all of you out there that are listening that are also fans like I am, especially those guys from back home who you know <laughs> listen. I like him because of who he is, not because the fact that he dislikes my team. So, anyway, right. let's just move number on. Number three, because we're going to number three agree to disagree. This is a really big one for me um, because it's a father daughter moment. Uh, Monsters Inc. Monsters Inc. Uh, I took my daughter to see Monsters Inc. in the theater, and it was the first time she ever went to a movie theater. And uh, so that alone is very powerful to me, but I'll never forget. It was so cute. Like, you know, my daughter's grown now. She probably won't appreciate this as much, but she, she goes in a movie theater and the movie starts and she says, wow, dad, that is a big TV. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then the story. So for me, in my mind, I liken Sully to me and boo to my, my daughter and the way he wants to help her and he's like very nurturing of her um i've actually bought the dvd for my daughter kind of as a like you know and she knows i you know at least i think she knows i know i've told her before the significance of the movie and i've bought her the christmas ornament with you know sully with boo on his shoulders carrying her um so every time i see that movie because I associate those two together, it always kind of makes me smile. It, it makes me think about my daughter and uh, and what she means to me. So I, I think that's why Monsters, Inc. has to be one of my biggest influencing uh, influence movies. Uh, and that's why it's, it's number three. It could have been easily two or one, but two and one are tough to beat. Um, right. But yeah, just that alone. And I, I will never forget that moment with the uh, that's a big TV comment. So and being her first movie, you know, that she ever saw. Um, and it's Disney and it was that's, excellent. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it was an excellent movie. Yeah. No. Well, so. knowing you, knowing you and like your size and then seeing her, <laughs> I could I can picture you as, you know, as Sully and I can picture her as Boo. But my question is, is who is your Mike Wazowski? Oh, I don't know. I really haven't thought of uh, who Mike would be. That's yeah. a, that's interesting. Yeah. That, that's definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I loved, I loved Monsters, Inc. And it's funny that you shared that with your daughter because I also have an older daughter who's 19 years old now. And so that movie came out in 2001. My daughter was born in 2000. Um, she was about one years old. But not long after that, around 2002, I want to say, because in 2001, I was I was actually here in Korea where I am now, um, and I didn't get back until a little bit later. But in 2002, I remember she was a little bit older, um, obviously two years old, 
Um, <laughs> and I remember watching it with her, and she loved, you know, she liked it then. Um, I'll have to ask her if she still likes it now when I talk to her next time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, what amazing movie, and it's powerful because think about think just think about the movie in itself too, you know, and you know, turning basically the very end. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen it yet, <laughs> the, the, yeah. it's been out for 18 years, but if you haven't seen it, <laughs> <laughs> but at the very end, they learned that laughter was more powerful than screams. And that says so much that yes. just, you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, no, that's it a, just says so much. Very, very true. Powerful message in that. Like, you know, um, it, it especially when we talk about stuff like we've talked a lot about the darkness that people face and stuff. And, and that's a good message for those people is, you know, sometimes laughter uh, is more powerful and I'm a big believer in trying to get a laugh, you know, to get people out of a funk or a mood or something. That's just who I've always been. Um, so, and, and actually, you know, that's funny. I'm, I'm going to mention that to my daughter. I'm going to ask her about the message that she gets from it that, that'd be interesting to see her take on that as well because when she's so when i took her to see it she's three so she she was very much the boo size compared to me then she's not so much anymore yeah. like she does this whole fitness competition stuff and she's 20 uh 20 be 21 she's a little larger now than she <laughs> used to be in height so and we don't mean yeah, we don't mean like she's large as in she's gained weight. She's gained muscle and she's very she, toned, and she's correct? and tall. So she's about five nine, five ten. So she's she's yeah, she's pretty oh, tall yeah. too. So I, I'll ask her. I'm gonna talk Absolutely. to her today and I'm gonna ask her about that movie. So yeah, that would be my number three. Awesome. How about you? What do you got? All right, I'm going to get into my number two because yep, we already number did two. my number three. Um, number two, you mentioned it earlier. You said you've never seen it. Um, <laughs> I found that this movie is an inspiration. It Forrest Gump is an amazing. It's an amazing movie uh, from the start to the end. You, I mean, it'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. It'll make you laugh again and then cry again. And it's just continuous in it, it, the the entire story. But what I took from it because that one also that one came out in 1994 also. That's the crazy thing. I you know, and I associate like Above the Rim came out in nineteen ninety four. So did Forrest Gump. So there was a lot of good movies that came out in ninety four, obviously. Um but it's just the fact that, you know, he had this disability, sort of speak, as a child with a walking. But you could also tell there wasn't you know, there's not mentally things aren't there either. But he overcame all of that and you know, he pushed himself uh, not knowing he was pushing himself sometimes and sometimes kind of knowing he is, but many times not. And he was very simple in, in how he talked, how he did things, but he pushed himself to be something greater, you know? And, you know, in the end, you know, he's a multimillionaire because he has this, you know, this incredible company and all that. But it was all the little lessons he learned in life. And then, you know, the fact that Jenny finally came back and she brought a child that was his and all that. It was just... I don't know, man. Like, I get goosebumps. I'm sitting here right now thinking about the movie, and I'm, I've am i got it on my hard drive here with me. I'll probably end up watching it, but it just gives me, you know, goosebumps thinking about it. It's just a special, special movie from the start to the end. So, Ed, you've not seen this, you said, right? I have not seen Forrest Gump. I can – well, there's a couple of big movies that were, like, super-duper popular that uh, 
I haven't seen. You've got to watch it, bro. I'm telling you. Like that's if there, you know, if there's a movie out there that you haven't seen and you've never seen Forrest Gump, Tom Hanks is amazing in that movie. I'm I'm a big Tom Hanks guy. Like I love all of his, you know, Big and um, there was Bachelor Party back in the day. You remember that one? Um, yeah, he, he, yep. he did all kinds of great stuff. I love Tom Hanks movies, um, but this is probably. I remember him being on TV. What's that? He was on TV. He had a show very, very, very early Tom Hanks. It was called Bosom Buddies. I don't remember that. Yeah, I know you wouldn't because you probably weren't born. Like it's pretty old. <laughs> well, yeah, and, uh, and the crazy thing is that particular movie it won an Academy Award for Best Picture, an Academy Award for Best Actor, Academy Award for Best Director, Golden Globe Awards for Best Motion Picture Drama, uh, Golden Globe Award for Best Actor Motion Picture. Um, just tons of awards. It, I mean, award after award, it won tons of awards. Like I'm scrolling right through right now. All the awards. I mean, there's just you. Uh, there are tons of them because of how great that movie was. So if you don't watch it, man, I'll know because I'm gonna ask, start asking you questions about it. Are you saying you're gonna give me a quiz on? <laughs> gonna give you an assignment, buddy. Uh oh. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, so, I, I'll, I'll accept it. So, Bosom Buddies was a television show from '80 to '82 with Tom Hanks. Really? And basically, the gist of it is him and his buddy are working, I think it was like an ad agency or something like that. And the only place they could afford, they had to be women to live. So they were doing the uh, uh, Tootsie thing. They were dressing as women to maintain this place. It was a sitcom from 80 to 82, and Tom Hanks was in it. Oh, yeah. Okay. I looked at it. I got you. I don't remember that one. You said 80 to 82, so I was... I was very young at that time, so I wouldn't yeah. remember. Because yeah. it's funny because when I'm looking at the pictures here, one of the pictures in there, just out of nowhere, is Turner and Hooch. <laughs> another, <laughs> another great Tom yeah. Hanks, but it's a dog movie. Yeah. Now, um, to kind of throw off a little bit there, too, have you seen uh, pictures of Tom Hanks' son, who's also an actor? He was an actor on Dexter. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of the show Dexter when it was on, and I remember yeah. he, his son did an excellent job on Dexter. Amazing, yeah, yeah. very good. I, I, he, he, I think he's very icon. I mean, he, the i, the iconic um, roles that Tom played. I think his son is very capable of doing the same thing. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, and, and we're talking about influence, right? I find that. When an actor is able to portray such a, a, a motivational or just, a, just a, a moving character, that's a form of influence. And um, I couldn't like, I couldn't disagree. I couldn't agree with anybody that said, "Well, movies are just entertainment." No, they're not just entertainment. There is there is um, actually learning factors from them. Yeah. So I-, so I just did my number two, which was Forrest Gump. You got one. Yes, my number two is going to be. A Tom Hardy movie. So we talked about Tom Hardy earlier. As a matter of fact, this will be Tom Hardy's first feature movie. Any I ideas? Love good Tom Hardy movies. Um, it, Tom Hardy's first first feature movie. feature movie. Oh man, um, it's an excellent cast still. I'm trying to think because I mean he must have. Well, I don't know, and I can't. Uh, I can't. Uh, this movie can't also has. Through. 
I'm trying to Google it really quick, and I'm not able to do it fast this, this movie also has uh, Times Tom Sizemore, Ewan McGregor, Eric Bana. Oh, I already know. Yeah, okay. Josh Hartnett. It is Black Hawk Down. Yeah, uh, which, great movie. 2001. Yes, Black Hawk Down is... Uh, and for a while, it was one of my... It was my favorite, but it's kind of been bumped a little bit, maybe partially due to my interest shift over the last few years. Um, but Black Hawk Down was really good because I was in the military during that time, you know? So, and, and very, 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 very close to seeing Somalia at this time. So that kind of was one of the things that appealed to me about it, but then it's so well done. Um, and it did get Oscars, but it got Oscars for like sound and editing or something. It did win a couple Oscars, but I watched Black Hawk Down every year on Memorial or Memorial Day, in or around. Really? I usually watch that. Why movie. is that? Why is that? Because just the whole message and then the people that were lost in that fight. Um, yeah, I just thought the the realism of it, especially when it came out. So it came out in 01. I came back in the military in 02. And I, I don't know, it's something about that movie. Uh that movie will get you pumped up. <laughs> that movie will get you pumped up once you get out there. Um if I was a recruiter, I'd have probably shown it in my office a few times trying to get people to join the military. But I just have always, I don't know. It's something about that movie. And um, after I watched the movie, I did it in reverse from what I always recommend. I read the book and then I read another book on the topic. Cause there's several different points of view. Uh, Mike Durant has one very good books just all around. Um, and then with this movie too, the cast was awesome. So that's why I say from the ground up, like this movie was meant to be, um, it was meant to be good. And, and there's a lot of great leadership. There's some insanity, you know, uh, Colonel Steele just standing there while he's being shot at and still using the radio. Oh yeah. All right. I wouldn't recommend, I wouldn't recommend that to all the warriors out there, but you know, and, and Colonel Steele was actually at Fort Campbell at one point, but I was gone, but I have met people who, you know, was part of his command. And so my call it down is just, I don't know. I've just always loved that movie. So that would definitely be my number two. Wow. I mean, it's, it's definitely, um, and to tell you the truth, you know, that, that entire story is just, it's phenomenal how it all played out. And I mean, you know, we, we did lose some people yeah. during that whole, that whole little, uh, battle there. And, um, but, um, it's chief Durant, Michael Durant, his book is really good. Cause he account, he tells, you know, the account of him when he gets taken out the helicopter and he's being held captive and just like, I mean, I remember, and I haven't read in a few years, but I remember like his leg was broke and they wire, they wrapped it. The Somalis wrapped it in like wire mesh. Like they literally, they legitimately were trying to do the best they could to try to help this guy um, through. And I had always heard that he does speaking engagements in and around Fort Campbell. And unfortunately I was never able to uh, hear him speak. I do know some people in the 160th Special Operations Aviation Regiment, and they said that, you know, you would see him from time to time uh, over there as well. But, yeah, um, really, really good books uh, that he wrote, too. Amazing. Yeah, great, great yeah. movie. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's funny that, you know, we have a few we have a few military things in there. Um, my number one, and I don't know how close it is to yours, um, 
But my number one way off. Is, <laughs> it's very it to me it's military esque. Very military esque, I would say. Um it's one of those movies that you you watch it and it make like if you watch it right before you go do something intense, it intensifies that, you know, whatever it is you're about to do. Um came out in two thousand and six. Uh has Gerard Butler in it. So now people are probably like, oh, I know what that is. Absolutely. Probably so. It's 300. I love 300. Um, that's number one. I would sell you. I could I could probably put on any scene of 300 and get motivated. It's just everything about it, the um, the way that they trained, the way that they, they formed like this nucleus and they were like impenetrable, you know, with their shields up there. There's so much to say physically, but also metaphorically with that same thing. And 300 to me is probably one of the, the, obviously I know it's, it's, you know, it's kind of fictional in ways by how like certain things happen. It's a real battle that really took place. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's a the real battle thing. Of- the Battle yeah, of Thermopylae. Yes, exactly. And, <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, the movie itself, yeah, it, it, you know, it, it portrays things a little bit differently, you know, um, where, you know, the king of Persia, or the, yeah, king of Persia, or, yeah, Xerxes was, like, all this really giant man. You know, like, that's, but that's how it's written, though. So they literally made the movie in the way that the story is written, and that's what's so great about it. But 300, it, to me, um, it, it's influential for many reasons. And Gerard Butler, that was like the first movie that I actually like I before that movie, I really didn't know who he was. Now that I'd seen him in that, like I totally like was hell yeah, he's a great actor. I love what he does. I like his movies, but 300 will get you going. You know, just put it on this is Sparta, you know, that scene and you're <laughs> going to want to go kick somebody in the chest and drive on, but so what do you got about 300? I know you wanted to say something about <laughs> yeah. So this is the one I was thinking about. So I'm sitting here at my desk, and literally on the corner of my desk is a statue of King Leonidas with his spear and his shield in battle. Uh, I'm a big fan of King Leonidas and and what he did meant for the Spartans. Uh, I actually wrote a paper on th- the Battle of Thermopylae for, for school. I had to write a paper on it. And I was like, oh, this is pretty close. Like you said, all right, there's no giants, but this is pretty accurate. Um, you know, that this Spartan king is the he selected to lead uh the Greek, you know, contingent to stop an invasion by the Persians and 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 it just like in a movie, you know, their downfall, of course, is one treason, you know, act of treason. And, and somebody showing the past to the Persians, but they held. And when you read the book about the battle, and I I can't see the book on my bookshelf. I know it's over there, um, but it talks about how the shield wall was really frustrating the Persians and the unity of that shield wall. Let's think of that shield wall just as like a metaphor. Things, all these individuals just come together, and now you had this one massive, strong, you know, structure. And I mean, the Spartans from birth, they're just like the, uh, they're just like um, the Mongolians from birth. They're raised to fight. Mongolians are put on a horse before they can walk. They're raised to fight. And that movie is so good. 
And like I said, um, after reading several articles and books and scholarly journals about that fight, the the movie is pretty good. I, it's close. There's some stuff, but as far as facts and the meat and potatoes, it's it's pretty much spot on. It was amazing story of overcoming odds until you get until you yeah. get betrayed. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. You know, because you think about think about the strategic. Uh, and tactical considerations there too, you know, like they used the terrain, the top, uh, you know, the, the, the whole narrow yep, the area, everything to their advantage. They, they, you know, they used that strategy and they were, I mean, only a few, I mean, they, there was many more Persians or the Persian army than, uh, Leonidas and his, you know, his 300 way more and yeah 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 and all they did is um you know the term we use now is fatal funnel but it wasn't called that then but that's all they did they created a fatal funnel that enabled them to resist and fight yeah it's just it's just the idea not only with that but also you know what it meant to be you know to have enough ownership and pride in you know your um your people that you want to fight and, 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 and it's just, to me, that's the thing. It's, it's, it's almost the same thing as thinking, you know, being a soldier in America, you know, we have a lot of ownership in our, on our country and, and what we want for the country kind of thing that we would go afar for that, you know, and I'm just, I don't know. It's so, it's so hard to put it in words of how special that movie is. <laughs> um, I love, I'm, I'm always a fan of 300. I watch it probably two, three times a year. Uh, yeah. No, and I'll just uh, by myself. I don't let my kids see it. So. Yeah. And, and then, so for the Spartans, you know, the big famous thing was, um, and, and kind of explained why they fought like that is so in their culture, it, they tell you come home with your shield or come home on it. Like there's no retreat. Like you one or the other, either you come home with it and you're proud warrior or you come home laying on your shield and you're dead. Yeah. So that was like their big thing in their culture. And of course, if you're raised to be a warrior from birth as a male, then that's all you know. Then that's how you're going to fight. And that's how they fought that in that movie. They fought like there's no other option but death or winning. So excellent, excellent selection, Brian. Very good. Thank you. Number one, right behind Rocky, but still yeah. number one. So here's the uh, the funny thing about your number one. Because my number one is also about a great general. My number one was one of (laughs) my number one and your number one were two of my guests. When we asked the question, who would you have dinner with? Uh, My number one is the 1970 best picture Patton. (laughs) I knew it. I'm sure. (laughs) I'm sure nobody's shocked because they hadn't heard it mentioned yet, but, uh, let me tell you. So first of all, with Patton, uh, the film is so well acted. George C. Scott does such an amazing job as Patton that as you talk to people, people associate that that is Patton. Like they don't think about what the real Patton looks like, but they could tell you what the Patton from the movie looks like, you know? Um, and I thought he did a good job. I've seen some Patton speeches and stuff online and, and, all right, George C. Scott was a little more uh, rugged than the real Patton. The Patton, real Patton was a little more soft-spoken. 
But a lot of the stuff in that movie, again, another well-researched movie. Uh, I believe one of the consultants was actual General Omar Bradley, who didn't necessarily get along with Patton, but uh, he did consult on that film. And through research, and I mean, I have a full bookshelf, literally, of about 15 different Patton books. And uh, you could pretty much find everything in that film from him standing out there while there's a straight run coming in and just standing there, you know, uh, boldly and, and just daring them to shoot them. That's real. Uh, the slapping of the soldiers who were shell shocked and calling them cowards. Okay. Unfortunately uh, that was real. You can't do that in the military anymore. Um, but the boldness of Patton and the way that George C. Scott plays it in there is what made me start researching Patton. It's what made me look at uh, my master's program being a focus in World War II so I could look more into Patton and what he did in North Africa and how he moved up the Bastogne and saved the 101. And, uh, and, all, and just how he led in general. Yeah, I get it. Back then, there's different ways of leading, and we can't lead the way they did then. But there's still some lessons out there. There's a book called uh, Leadership Lessons of Patton. Great book. It really just takes everything you could possibly read about Patton and pulls some of the important stuff out. But yeah, no, that movie, awesome movie. And really, you only got to watch the opening. That opening, if that opening speech of the movie Patton doesn't get you fired up, then I don't know what will. Just like you said with 300, that speech in the beginning will get you going. Absolutely. You know, it's funny you say this. I never watched Patton until I met you. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So in in itself, you've influenced me to watch Patton. Although it was good, I still like Hal more better. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you this, you know yeah. how uh, when we when we teach right or facilitate, you know you have things that you do, just like an athlete, you have things you do to get your mind ready for that day. So I used to listen to, and I have it on my iPhone, I have the speech from the opening of the movie, and I would sit in my office and listen to that speech on days that I taught before I went out to teach. Wow. Like, that's the impact of that speech, because it just gets you, it just, ah, you know, um, there's some colorful language to it, which is what Patton was known for. He was very colorful in his verbiage. Uh, but... Yeah, it's something about that movie. I've, I, you know, it, it gets you fired up. It gets you riled up. Um, even I can listen to the speech in the gym or on the way to the gym to get me motivated. So I, I definitely have to have Pat. But two great generals came in at number one. And as a military history major, that's awesome. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I used to like to watch 300 before teaching, and I always want to kick people in the chest. I may or may not have threatened several soldiers in my career to Spartan kick them. <laughs> oh, well, but it's just, you know, you take those, you take those, uh, those two movies and you just look at them and, and they're, they're phenomenal. You know, um, I, of all the movies we talked about, I mean, even the honorable mentions, you know, and there's, and there's tons more on top of that. You know, I mean, I probably could go all day talking about different movies that I've loved. And, and, you know, I mean, anything from, you know, I, I enjoyed the Christian Bale Batman movies and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like there's so well, much out there. Yeah, you're um, right. And it, and it, it's all individual taste, right? Like we're not saying these are the greatest movies of all time, but, and if you ask me in two months, 
Maybe my list will be different. All right, Black Hawk Down and Patton aren't moving, and neither is Monsters, Inc., but maybe four and five are different. Maybe we say Pump and Iron. Uh, maybe we say, uh, you know, uh, Saving Private Ryan. Amazing. Probably one of the best opening sequences of a movie after Patton ever, but definitely one of the best action sequences of a war movie. But I didn't want to focus on just war movies. You know, I wanted to give a little variety. So there's some music, there's some animated but um, yeah, it's all interpretation. And then when our our uh, Roy P. Benavidez movie gets made, I mean, that's probably going to shoot right to the top. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> We're just waiting for that one. Where are you guys? Why haven't you made that movie? Yet? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's such an interpretation. You know, Brian, like, like I said, it could be. I mean, we could have done five of a certain genre and then done another episode with five of a different because we just love movies and they entertain us and they teach us and what, you know, you may not realize, but they're teaching you leadership and life lessons that you're not even picking up on initially. Maybe the second time you watch it, like, Oh, I get it now. So, Oh yeah. yeah. You said life lessons. There's something that usually you say. After well, you say that. I mean, if you're learning a lesson and you're still learning and if you're doing it for life, then you're lifelong learning. Right. Oh, <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. I, I just, I mean, I still, I learned from me. I'm going to tell you, to be honest, like uh, I'm in a course right now for the Korean war and I watched a movie about uh, it was a doc. It's kind of a docu movie, but I watched a movie and I was like, okay, that gives me a starting point because I, my knowledge of the Korean war was very, very weak. And, uh, and then I can go from there. So sometimes the movie will just get me on track for a course to say, okay, that's the route I want to go for my research. And then, um, you know, I've also done research to try to prove stuff in a movie wrong and then been like, oh, no, that movie is right. Um, so it, it you can learn from movies, lifelong learning. You can uh, get motivated. Some people watch a movie and get so influenced by it, it may guide their career when they're younger. But you know what I mean? Like there's an influence there that could, I mean, you could it could change your career. It could guide your career. For me, like say, maybe it was a movie that could have made me want to be a military history major or so those are the influences and the impacts that a movie can have, whether it's real based on a true story or not. Those yeah. are the, the things that could for us. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just, it's the ideas behind it. It's not like, you know, Oh, well you're trying to be the movie. No, it's, if it's doing something to help you out and to, uh, you know, you know, maybe getting you to think a little bit more, great that's what you want and you know as an influencer that's key because you want to get it outside of your own brain sometimes and then just start you know coming up with other ways or or refining what you already do or know you know that's i mean that's part of you know um people have probably started noticing the give movement you know we've been talking about you know and that right there in itself if we can take from something else experience that's the e and give is experience instinctive influencers give experience well maybe it's not your experience it could be somebody else's but it's still you know learning from it but yeah um, with that i definitely want to put out a task though and what we're going to do is um it's going to be once once again closed facebook group it's going to go you know on there and if you are not a part of the closed facebook group it is 101 influence in your search bar and then go to that page and click visit group, answer the questions, and become a part of our group. But the the question for this week 
is literally what we just answered the entire time is give us five influential movies and not just give it to them, but maybe, you know, even give us possibly like why those movies were, uh, you know, influential to you, you know, so, but five influential movies uh, for this, for this particular week. Ed, what do you think? Oh, do I have to do five different ones? Cause I can do it. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Like these movie things, I can do five whole new ones. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, and maybe, and maybe when this, you know, cause obviously we, we've recorded this sometime out, um, when this particular episode comes out, Hey, that it's, you have something different when you, when you go to reply or you just do the same ones that were on here, you know, but I'm just thinking, you know, I like to, I like to hear what other people think. And then, and then, you know, obviously comment towards others. You know, oh yeah, I like that one. You know, so it's just, it creates interaction. It creates conversation, and it helps people to be uh, get to know others too. So yeah, yeah. Wow, man, we've been on here for a hot minute, brother. Yeah, we thought it was gonna be short. Yeah, we thought it was gonna be short. I did too. You know, maybe we shouldn't have talked so much in the beginning. But um, with that, do you have anything else for the audience before we uh, mosey out? Uh, no, I really don't. Set Patton is the greatest movie ever made, but other than that, no, no. behind rocky Um, so (laughs) anyway uh definitely check it out um the closed facebook group just like i mentioned earlier 101 influence in your search bar also check out instagram twitter we're on there also uh we're also both of us are on linkedin you can connect with us there definitely um get involved get involved with what's going on with us because maybe whatever we're doing can help you help someone else. If you, if you didn't realize it, it takes a lot of work to do this stuff. And we were trying to get as much content out to help others and to inform others or just, you know, just, or to entertain, you know, I mean, today, to me today, I, I would have to say, I feel like it was like 10%, 10 to 15% learning. And the rest of it to me was just pure entertainment. And I loved it, you know, cause we learn from entertainment too. So, um, other than that, I don't have much more. Um, Ed, nothing. No, so, no, I think that's about it. All right, brother. So we're gonna let, we're gonna end this show. I am Brian, and I am Ed, and this is the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. <laughs>